0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is another AMA episode, that is, Ask Me Anything. If you've got a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. Mike asks, I love the podcast, quick and packed with good info. I have around 75 single-family home rentals, and recently it seems that people are applying more and more with emotional support animals. Apparently, I can't say that I do not allow pets in my rental if they have an emotional support animal. It's also my understanding that they do not even have to tell me they have a pet, and they can just bring an animal into the house when they wish and claim that it's an emotional support animal. I've done quite a bit of research on this, and I'm concerned with my lack of rights as a property owner. It seems as if I can't charge any pet fees or pet deposits as well. I can't really even ask any questions related to the animal at all once it's in the house. I know it's been a problem for airlines and college campuses, and it seems increasingly one for us. Love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks again for a great podcast. Well, Mike, thank you for the kind words, and thank you for a great question. There are multiple sources of tenant damage that can happen, and pets for sure can be a source of damage but they're only one of several possible sources. Some of the literature I've read on the topic suggests that pets are nowhere near the top of the list in terms of sources of damage to a property. The number one cause of property damage in terms of cost, you'll never guess this, is children. There's no way you would ever tell a tenant they can't have children on the property. That would violate virtually every landlord-tenant rule anywhere in existence. The second highest cost in terms of damage is smoke damage from smokers reason is that a coat of paint won't solve the problem in the case of chain smokers i've experienced having to put multiple barrier coats of sealing primer and then finally two coats of finished paint the smell infiltrates the carpets i've had to replace carpets i've also had to replace laminate flooring that absorbed the smell pet damage is further down the list and it falls usually into one of three categories number one pet waste if a cat or dog urinates on a carpet carpet cleaners often not enough to solve the problem It can soak into the subfloor and can often require cutting out the subfloor and replacement of those boards and while the scope of the fix can seem large the actual true cost is not that high number two scratches on doorways and hardwood floors here too the cost of the repairs is not usually that high and while the damage is visible the damage is usually confined to a few small areas in my experience these repairs are much less than the spills that children cause repeatedly and number three, landscaping. Some pet owners have a bad habit of letting their pet out into a fenced backyard to do their business. After a couple of years, these yards look like a minefield of dead grass and craters where pets have been digging. The effort to repair a yard and redo a lawn can be considerable. My personal firsthand experience as a property owner mirrors, in fact, a lot of the literature. While it's annoying to have to replace carpeting and having to replace a few floorboards, the cost has actually not been that high. As part of your lease negotiation, you should definitely detail a schedule of costs for damage repairs, regardless of the cost. Some tenants with pets will simply choose to go elsewhere. As part of your budget for maintenance and unit turns, you should definitely be allocating funds for painting, carpet replacement, or replacement of trim around entry doors. You'll find that the wood trim gets damaged by repeated use of that door even if there's no pets involved. Next, you want to make sure that you've taken thorough photos and send copies of those photos of the property condition as part of your move-in inspection with the tenant. These photos have got to include details of windows, doors, door frames, screens on windows, kitchen appliances, the blinds, carpet condition, and so on. These photos are going to be your best defense when it comes time for the tenant to vacate. You can make an argument that the unit was delivered to in pristine condition, and that the damage experienced represents more than normal wear and tear. Some areas have their laws tilted heavily in favor of tenants, and can really tie your hands as a landlord. Others are more balanced in terms of protecting the rights of both property owners and tenants. My personal opinion is that pets have earned an unfair reputation for property damage compared with some of the other leading causes. They don't usually do as much damage to a property as the urban legends would have you believe. I want to thank you, Mike, for an awesome question. Hopefully this gives you a bit of perspective. In the meantime, for both you and the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.